Golf Podcast, presented by Golficity, where we bring you the tips, instruction, and support you need to get the most out of your golf game. And now your hosts, Frank and Mike. Hey guys, welcome back as always to the Golf Podcast. This is episode number 359. Today we're going to talk about an important but overlooked often, especially by more amateur players such as ourselves, the three wood. We're going to talk about how you can hit it a lot more crisp, especially from those fairway lies. And that will help you, uh, especially on those long par fives and, mm-hmm. and things like that, and, or types where longer par four where you're trying to hit the green, whatever it may be. It, it was an underutilized club in my bag for a long time, Mike. Uh, and what I'm you know, I'm hoping from this is that other people can utilize the club a little bit more. Definitely. I mean, it's just two years ago, it was probably the least used club in my bag. Now it's becoming one of the most used. I love it. I'm going to start maybe instituting it more off the tee this year if I can control it a little bit better. Yeah. Some of these shorter par fours. So we shall see. And and the question becomes like, why is it so underused? Well, often it is a, t- a club that's tough to hit cleanly, especially if you don't have the right technique. So we're going to talk about a couple of different things you can do with your setup, with your strategy, so that you can get a cleaner strike. And then as that eventually will lead to higher usage. I think hitting a three wood off the turf is one of the hardest shots in the game. Yeah, it's a difficult shot. It yeah. really is. And we'll talk about all the reasons why. And of course, one thing we want to say, and we've got a lot of new viewers and listeners, for anybody who's new to the show, we're not professional instructors. We are not professional golfers. We're guys who love learning the game and sharing that. And as part of that, we make a lot of these mistakes. Uh, three woods, if you guys have watched some of our videos, I'm sure you've hit us, seen us hit a couple of bad three woods, that's oh, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. But each bad shot is a learning experience so as we learn those things we try to bring some of that to you guys here each week so we're going to talk about that in a second we're also going to tw- talk about our twitter tapping but just a couple things going on from around golficity one thing i'll say uh, a lot of you have asked about this hat in particular um and we've heard you so uh i actually got this hat from sharp a, yeah it's, it's i I've, it's one of my became one of my favorite hats over the last couple of weeks I got this from a company called uh, McEwen Golf Co. Mm -hmm. And um, we're actually working directly with them to get some of these and potentially a couple different colors into our own uh, shop. So if it's something that you like, you might want one of, let us know. Drop a comment below because um, we're going to definitely try to get them into the store and get them for you guys because I like some of this stuff that's that more casual like you, you can transition from the course to like yeah, just going sure. out that lifestyle you know. mm-hmm. right exactly um so this one's been a, a fun one but a lot of you did ask especially last week in the episode i saw or maybe it was the week before just tells me i'm wearing the same hat all the time you know and that's, that's a good point drop them in the comments i wear the i love the title of like the hat i'm wearing now like on the course because it's mesh it's breathable you know it's great out on the course but then like like you said you're going off to that backyard barbecue party and you know, I don't want to dress like I'm on the course. You know, maybe I'll just switch it and I'll put on something like that. It still shows that I love golf and, and all that great stuff. And plus, love the corduroy. Yeah, me I too. I love the corduroy. Too. Something it's different. Cool. But merch has been something that's been on our minds for a long time. A lot of you guys have been asking for uh-huh. it. So it is a big goal. We talked a couple weeks ago about our 2021 goals. It's a big goal of ours to get some more uh, out there and, and, and just have some fun with it. That's really what it comes down to. That's right, man. Um, and by the way, speaking of other things going on, you uh, just got off the off with... Michael Breed on yeah. Sirius XM. So let everybody know who wants to tune in when when they can hear you. Right. So absolutely. This new thing we're doing this year, guys, we've been blessed. Michael Breed, uh, you've probably seen him, Golf Channel uh, instructor. He was the swing fix guy. He's been on uh, behind the, the, the booth you know, for some events, things like that. Um, and just a coach, great coach, and works locally, lives locally. And he brought us on to his, he's bringing us on to his show every Wednesday, you know, in that 9 a.m. hour, 9.15, 9.30 Eastern time. So if you're in your car, 
or however you listen to your Sirius XM radio, tune into PGA Tour Radio Channel 92 around that hour. I'll usually promote it like the day before on social, what time we're going on. And we just talk tour. So if you're tour junkies, you love PGA Tour golf, you're fantasy betting, things like that, we just shoot the breeze about uh, different players, who we like this week, and all that fun stuff. Shoot, shoot the breed. Shoot the breed. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, Mike, Michael's me. a great guy. He's, 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 he's a lot of fun to talk to. He's got, yeah, as you said, he's got such energy. I he's got a lot a of energy. Bit of yeah, energy yeah, I'd love to steal got, some of that energy. That's for sure. Yep. So other things that we've got going on, we've been trying to use some of this time indoors here um, to do a little bit more product reviews. I can't wait to get back out on the course. It's funny enough, just this upcoming week would be normally uh, when we're traveling to Florida for the PGA show. Mm. Uh, and unfortunately, that's all been moved to virtual this year. And usually that's kind of our where we get to scratch that winter itch and play a little bit of golf down in Florida. Um this year that's not happening but we'll be back on the course as soon as we can in the interim we're here in the studio and we're going to be doing some more product reviews again part of that is going to be just trying to highlight stuff that we're using to work on our own game and stuff that we think that can benefit you guys um, there's a couple of different things we're going to be doing for for weight and balance we did salted uh, the other day we're working on getting that video out also body track it's a swing mat similar type of concept some putting stuff which putting i think is one of the best things that you can work on through the winter mm -hmm. so we're going to be working with eyeline putting aid we're going to take a look at that and the other thing i mean i've even been doing this i've been trying to i found that the the worst thing that for my golf game is to not put in the swings throughout the winter right uh it just takes me forever to get rid of the rust after that you know to get back out there swinging so um i've been trying to put some swings in this at home wherever i can i've been actually swinging in my basement and if you follow me on my my instagram um at frank fasano jr i've been trying to use that time to just informally you just show you guys some of the stuff that i've been using i was working with the hanger the other day Have mm -hmm. you used this When'd thing you pick that thing up believe it or not they the hang the company i think it's watson golf who watson does golf. the hanger yeah. sent us that mm -hmm. um it, it dates back you know oh, that's back right. when i was living the previous house so i mean it's got to be at least three four years ago wow they sent us that and and it just kind of it was right at that time i was moving it got shuffled into the move and i and got in a box somewhere and i just i, I was thinking the other day i'm like you know i've got I, I was working on again that swing plane and getting more shallowed out and and one thing i love is that plane mate tour striker yeah i use that pretty regularly you guys have seen me use the impact bag regularly but i'm like i want something that gives me i love things that give me that physical feedback i'm like i know i've got one of those hangers somewhere mm -hmm. so i dug around i found it and uh i threw it on an old club because you know you can take it on and off but it's good just to have Right. You know, it just clips on, right? It just clips on. It stays on there securely. But what I like about it too is that you don't need the device. You can do the same thing with just a hanger. Mm -hmm. So um, again, I, we could cover it more in, a, in another episode, but just Google search like hanger, you know, golf drills and you can see some of the benefits. Um, but I was working with that and I was just kind of going over it in my story for anybody uh, who might be able to benefit from the same because if you've got a similar swing flaw to me that might help you dude if i take a divot with that thing could we call it a hanger steak <laughs> boom, boom, boom. all right yeah exactly. but no i've been watching your stories man it's inspiring you know because like shoot should i go down to the basement and take a couple practice swings now <laughs> you know what I mean? and everyone says frank how tall are your basements i'm like well first of all two yeah. things guys one i'm short and secondly uh i literally 
a wedge, my shortest wedge is the only club I can swing down there and yeah. it barely makes it. And it took a while trusting it, but I can get a full swing down there, okay. hit some wiffle balls. But let me tell you something, if I hit anything more than a wedge, we're, we're in trouble. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. Before we do this week's Twitter tap in, of course, we want to thank our sponsor, Titleist. And guys, we're share, excited to share with you guys some exclusive opportunities from Titleist, but to be a part of them, you have to join Team Titleist. But here's the good news. It is free to join. And Team Titleist gives you access to opportunities like prototype testing, special events, limited edition gear from Titleist, that TT, really cool logo that you see on some of the gear. Uh, all that comes from Team Titleist is so much more. So make sure you guys sign up, join us on the team, uh, on Team Titleist. Go to Titleist.com slash Team Titleist. That's one word, Team Titleist. Like I said, you'll see in that registration, it's free to do so. Uh, and it's a fun thing. It's a fun thing to be part of the team and and get early access, especially when they send out those like those prototype balls. How cool is that? It is cool. And you just, a great segue, because I wanted to mention that today is January 17th, the date we're releasing this episode. Four days from now, this Thursday, the 21st, we're going to be releasing our 2021 Pro V1, Pro V1X fitting video. Yes. And we're giving away a year supply of golf balls. How cool a is that? A year supply, guys. So get over there. Go to YouTube. Turn on the notifications. Be ready for it. It's going to be huge. Year supply of Pro V1 or Pro V1. That's so cool. Uh, and I'm excited with the new ball, but we'll be able to talk about it more and we'll talk about it more in future episodes. But uh, just just stay tuned, as Mike said, for that for that video this week. Um, all right. Now, let's talk about this week's Twitter tap-in. And the Twitter tap-in, again. It's going to make me hungry, man. It's going to make you hungry, but it's something we do fun every week on Twitter. Uh, make sure you're following us at Golficity so you can be a part of the conversation. We're going to throw a question out there to you guys each week, and we're going to highlight some of our favorite answers here and give some of the answers of our own. So on this week's Twitter tap and we asked, what is your go-to snack at the turn? Is it a burger, a hot dog, energy bar, something else? What is your go-to snack <laughs> at the turn? What are you saying? I'm just laughing because the first one I laid eyes on, Curtis Cole, it's it's without question the seven layer dip flavored combos. <laughs> <laughs> Very no specific. hesitation. No hesitation. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's great. And uh, from playing so many times with Ronnie, I know what his answer would be. Ronnie dog. from inside He's the hot leather. Hot dog at the turn. Hot yeah. dog. Absolutely. You know, at he the loves turn. a good dog. He is quite the connoisseur when it comes to hot dogs. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, what about yourself? What are you What are you reaching for at the turn? I, I'm not a I'm not a foodie at the turn. No burgers. No dogs. Nothing to weigh me down. Yeah. That would be just a bad back nine. Um, I'm a protein bar guy. A Cliff Bar, something with some protein, 15, 20 grams, something thick. I call it like the thick brick protein bar. Yeah. Because that'll last me two to three hours. Hunger will just disappear. Yeah. And Stamina will be there. I don't blame you. I mean, unless that the turn falls right midday, like lunch, yeah, then I might. But I agree. Part. I mean, it, it just, I don't know. To, to, I can't to, even do that. I can't even break at a 12 o'clock turn and have lunch and then finish like some of these guys do with it. Yeah. You I feel like you break that. your momentum. Once I break, I'm done. Like, I'm in a different zone when I'm when I'm eating. Like if I was in there eating a burger, yeah. I, I want to like be at the end of my round, sit exactly. down, decompress, eat a burger. Exactly. We're always walking from nine to 10, reaching in our bag, taking out a protein bar. Like right. there's no stop. Right. I'll usually throw either a protein bar, a banana, something like that in the so, bag. That's what helps gets me through. But like like you said, I'm going for a you know protein bar and a water, something like that at a turn. In Unless it's you know those really informal fun rounds, maybe I'll grab a beer. But one thing that I do remember um, when we were in Scotland, and I just remember playing the thirty-six a day. So there was always two turns, right? Two turns. So thirty-six a day, and also that still dealing with the jet lag of the time change. Mm -hmm. um, just the go-to was coffee. That's it. Do you remember the coffee we had at the turn at uh, Kings Barnes? Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was good. It was good. good. I mean, sometimes Styrofoam that. Styrofoam cup. 
Yeah. Yeah. It was good. Sometimes that's the exact picnic. And it was a beautiful, like 75. It was like a hot day, but we just, we needed coffee. Right. Just to get through. So let's see what some other people here say. Uh, Firthy says Snickers. I uh, don't blame you there. I like Snickers that little, is good. You know, a little, sh- little sugar, you know, to get you going and a little bit of, you know, peanuts and things like that. I'm still laughing about the seven layer dip flavor. That's just huh? great. Um, I'm seeing a lot of the same, like peanut butter and jelly does the trick. I mean, Eddie from Main Course. If you guys haven't seen a Main Course, go check him out. He likes to cover the best food at all the golf courses. Yeah. So this is right up his alley. He said uh, PB and J or chocolate covered almonds for Eddie. PB and J. I don't think I've ever seen a golf course serving. Pe- peanut butter and jelly. No, I think he's just making it and just shoving it in oh, his bag. Okay. I hope so. I'm not, he's not going there asking for a PB&J. I would say. Have you gone anywhere and ordered a PB&J? No. no I don't think no. anyone has that. Yeah. I hope not. Um, uh, what here, else? Look at this one. Mark Clayton. I hope he's joking. Two shots of Jaeger, a beer, and a three-day-old hot dog. He's <laughs> <laughs> probably right about that three-day-old hot dog. Oh, my God. And Two then, shots of Jaeger and a beer and just forget I'm not it, making it to 10. Yep. Here comes all the uh, the alcohol. We got beer from Nicholas Jeffrey. Kurt Sturgeon says, Captain Morgan, fetch me the rum. Guys, is it that bad out there? Look at, look at Ben uh, Dumb. He says, I get a Snickers. He goes, I love hot dogs, but I always butcher um, 10 through 13 if I eat a hot dog. With a Snickers, I can usually keep it together. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I love that. Kyle says, beef jerky and a local craft beer. All right. It's very specific. There you go. Shot of, what is this? Ozo? Did I say this right? Which one? O-U-Z-O. I don't even know what that is. Ouzo. Shot of Ouzo. Now, Uzo, Uzo, isn't that the um, uh, a Greek uh, um, liquor? Could be. Maybe I'm wrong. I, you I guys, if you're, you're if you're jumping down our throats that we're wrong, just just throw us in the like, comments. I, like what it's it a is. shot of Uzo, a pack of Redman Chew tobacco, and followed by a Natty Ice. I mean, that's, Jeez. that's a combination for a that's a, the grave digger combination. That's the grave put digger. me put me in the grave. Um, let's see here. <laughs> I love Michael's the uncrustable peanut butter and je- peanut butter we and got, honey. We've got quite the <laughs> peanut butter. <laughs> Peanut butter and jelly audience, huh? Um, ha- and, and Joe Woke says, I want a hamburger, no cheeseburger. I want a hot dog. Uh, I want a milkshake. I want, a milkshake. <laughs> I, want, I, want yeah. I want, I want. Yeah. Great. That's all the stuff we want. Right. But yeah, I mean, uh, again, you guys can always still chime in, tw- chime in on Twitter, tap in or drop your comments below. I always think it's interesting to see what different people go for. But I feel like no matter where you go, especially in this, at least in this country, overseas, it changes. But the turn, it's always like the same thing. Yep. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. You've got you know, some sodas, some, you know, a, a couple different. It's seemingly the same you know bars granola bars same like everywhere you go yeah i want people to switch it up i want to see more food out in the carts on courses i want people to have grills tailgate grills let's get nuts <laughs> you know what i like i like <laughs> tailgate grills yeah but then like you said earlier we're not gonna you know gonna be so way down you're way eating. down seven hour round yeah you're i'm gonna tell you what i liked i liked when we played ball to straw and they just have those bins of apples yeah to me that's that's perfection apple and a water because you get that little bit of shot of sugar from the apple but you also fills you up a little bit it's a good honey crisp and a little water that's it a honey crisp and water move on with your day all (laughs) right that's this week's twitter tap and let's do a quick word from our sponsors then i want to talk about how you guys can hit your three wood cleanly from the fairway excellent so guys footjoy the number one outerwear brand in golf it's winter it's cold these guys are committed to helping you extend the golf season as long as possible i don't care where you are in the world it's going to get cold so they provide you with the gear to make every day playable. And that doesn't, doesn't just mean cold. It could mean water, rain, all different kinds of elements. So the new Hydro Series line of rain jackets includes several options that provide the ultimate 
ultimate protection wherever you're teeing it up this fall. So new to their performance lineup is the Hydro Tour rain jacket, my favorite, my go-to. You saw it in my What's in the Bag. This thing is designed to withstand the most extreme weather conditions monsoon frank you could play in this jacket then you could pull it off after your round and go to your dinner party god knows dry. where the ball would go in that monsoon i, I know but, but, but you'll be dry, dry. you'd right, be yeah. dry and you'd be comfortable so guys play more golf this year get the gear you need to play in any condition visit footjoy.com slash medp great stuff all right let's talk about this through it in one thing too that that i want to say definitely weighs into it uh would be making sure that you've got the right club for you. And and I think that is my greatest takeaway so far. All these tips that we're going to talk about are great tips. I've been working on employing them myself. However, what made the biggest change was going and getting fit. Um, I recently, you may have saw our video where we got fit for the new Titleist TSI Three Woods. Uh, and it was a real, real game changer for me. And, and we've, we've talked here before about how to get the most out of a fitting. And one thing we said was communication, knowing your game and then communicating that to the fitter. And I went in there and I told Kevin, I said, look, I've looked at my shot scope stats. I'm barely using this. And he's like, well, what scenarios are, where are you using it? Why do you need the club? Mm-hmm. I told him, and then we were deciding how it really wasn't a match. I wasn't able to get the ball in the air. And what that was causing me to do was I was starting to change my swing, almost feeling like I was hitting a driver off the deck and I needed more help lifting the ball into the air. So Kevin was like, okay, there's a couple of things we can do from a club standpoint to help you with that. And one thing was we added a little bit more loft, just a degree or two to the face. And he said, that is also going to give you more confidence as you look down, you're going to see a little bit more loft and have a little bit more subconscious confidence that that ball is going to get up in the air without you having to you know, lift it up or get it up. Additionally, the, some of the changes just of the center of gravity and things like that with the new club help. We, we, picked, we picked a head that helped launch the ball higher, which helped me out a bit. But a big help for me, and I think this is a part of the reason why it becomes a club that's so hard for so many people to hit, uh, is because of the length of the shaft, right? So right. obviously the longer the shaft, it's a little bit harder club to hit. Um, but I, I hit my, my, and I'm so confident with my hybrid, what we ended up doing was going with a similar shaft as in the hybrid and shortening up. And this is another thing you don't always think about, but it's an option that you can do with a, a good fitter is going to a slightly shorter shaft length. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by doing that, it made me be able to control the the club more. It felt more familiar in my hands closer to my hybrid. Um, so those little bit of adjustments, I mean, I, we'll talk about technique, but don't overlook the fact of some things that you can do with a fitting. You're absolutely right. Um, I love the idea of shortening. I've done that before because I used to hit my hybrid so well. And of course, we're standing over the ball in the middle of the fairway trying to approach uh, a green. Whether Even if, you, if you're 240, 250 yards out, it's hard to hit a three-wood. It's a long-shafted club. Like you yeah. said, it's not teed up for you in the middle of the fairway. You have to strike that thing just perfect. You know, and, and that, you know, you can, I think, I feel what I'm trying to say is it's easier to hit your short irons, obviously, in. But when you're standing further away from a ball in the middle of the fairway with a longer shafted club, it's going to get hard. And I never trusted it. I'm looking at my shot scope stats from back to 2018, 3% usage on my three wood. 2019, I bumped it up to 5%. And then 2020, I was 13%. So I'm starting to get more comfortable with this club, and it's leading to better scoring. Yeah. You know, you hit this club well, Frank, you're going to score. 
No doubt. And I'm, I'm interested to see how those stats jump up now that we just got that fitting at the end of last season. Yeah, this is barely even including the new one. So. Right. That's barely even including it. So that'll be interesting to see how that kind of jumps up. But um, undoubtedly, like I said, a fitting is something not to overlook, but it is a difficult club to hit. Um, but it doesn't have to be. I think the, the main reason why it becomes difficult is that when you have these longer shafted clubs, it's going to expose more so or amplify more so any type of problems you may have in your swing. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, a balance issue. So the first thing we're going to talk about is really one big key is you need to stay balanced. Uh, and balance is uh, become such a large focus for us. Yeah. And we've talked about it here on the show. I'm sure we're going to review it a whole lot more. We've talked about how we've recently been reviewing a lot of balance training aids. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really big on these salted um, insoles that it's just so simple. They go in your shoes. And then what they really do is they show that pressure that you put on the ground, but it shows your weight balance from, you know, left foot, right foot and things like that. And it starts to really expose some, some major things. And if you think about it, if you think about the swing as one big circular arc, that arc is obviously going to bottom out in different places depending on your balance. And a good visual for this, if you just like put a hula hoop around yourself and just start swinging it, like just rocking it back and forth and thinking of that as your swing arc and where the bottom of that hula hoop is, the max bottom, and then shift your weight a little bit to your right and shift the weight a little bit to your left. Mm -hmm. And now think about what that does to the bottoming out of that hula hoop. Right. And you'll start to see it moves it. And if you if you take a club, uh, now, now replace that idea with that being the bottom of the club, just a slight weight shift, you know, in, in the wrong direction can cause you to hit behind the ball, which as we all know is like, it can be a dramatically, uh, bad event when you hit behind the ball with a three wood, cause you're gonna get really chunky. And instead of getting, moving that ball 250 yards down the fairway, you're lucky if you get 50 yards out of, of it. Course. Now you're like, ah, oh, now I'm hitting another long uh-huh. club. Uh-huh. Right. But that can be a big thing. So balance is so important. Um, really, like I said, the bottom of that swing really needs to match up exactly with the position of the ball. And if your weight is moving around during the swing unnecessary, unnecessarily, you're going to either hit that shot fat or thin. That's just the reality. Yeah. And one going back to one of the many, many lessons or fittings we've gotten with Kevin Sprecker, when we were talking about balance, one of the things he told me, and this is one of those tips, like you, we've gotten tons of tips from coaches over the last decade that have stayed and some have just gone. But the one that stayed, Kevin said, when you stand over the ball, he says, you could do it subtly so it's not obvious, so you don't look like a weirdo out there. Jostle your feet just back and forth a little bit to feel the earth below you. Mm -hmm. If you feel now at that point that you're not leaning forward on your toes or you're not sitting back on your heels and you've got a good solid feel between your uh, below your feet, then you're perfectly balanced. Then take your swing. And it's amazing because I wasn't taking those three to five seconds. I would just get up to the ball. And I found myself leaning over too much where all that weight was just pushing into my my toes. Yeah. You know, so, you know, and that was a huge help in helping me hit the three wood because I was just, I was getting over that ball with my balance like so out of whack yeah. and being able to kind of straighten out that balance a little bit and rotate better. I've been able to hit the three wood so much better. It is amazing to me how much balance is overlooked by newer golfers. And I can say that for a first person perspective because I had overlooked it for many, many years. Now you start to see when you see guys practicing with no shoes on, yep. things mm-hmm. like that, like kind of a low tech way to really hone in on balance. But it is so true because the other thing is the golf course is designed to be difficult. It's designed to throw you off balance. Uh, that's a big part of why there's so many 
uneven lies. I mean, it's also it's nature. So there's going to be uneven lies out there. And we think of the uneven lies and how it affects the lie angle of our club. But you're also not always thinking about it. that's going to affect your balance. It's going to throw your body into a slightly different balance. So if you can put a big focus on better balance, um, you're going to find that your whole golf game and your ball striking is going to improve. It doesn't matter the club that's in your hand, but with clubs like three wood that really require such a clean, crisp contact to really make a great shot, they're not as forgiving as let's say a, a seven iron might right, be, right. um, in certain ways, obviously they're designed completely different, but, um, you, if you get that balance, you're going to get better through the bag. But one thing I would say is, of course, you can. we could go down an entire podcast here, too, of balance. But one thing you can do immediately to help improve your balance is stop swinging so hard. Mm. You know, we talk about working on swinging fast. There's a difference between fast and hard. But if what you find is the main key driver to why you're going off balance is because you're swinging so hard, something as simple as just dialing it back the slightest bit might allow you to remain in balance. And you could kind of, we always say test like the extremes of this. One extreme could be just swing as hard as you physically can one time and just see what it does to your balance. You're going to notice that you're you're yeah. not, you know, you're falling back, you're falling forward, whatever it may be. It'll expose those issues in your, in your balance. But You'll also start to see how much easier it is to make a balance swing when you just dial it back a little bit. So don't get sucked into that trap of swinging so hard. And and here again, it highlights another reason why it happens with three woods. You know, three wood, you're not usually hitting a finesse shot. Right. Yeah, you know what not. I mean? You're trying to cover as much ground as you can. So if there's ever going to be a time you're going to swing a little too hard, it's with your three wood. So remind yourself, you've got a three wood in hand, but that doesn't mean you need to start to, as you call it, caveman swing. Caveman swing. Right. Put the same swing on it, that same kind of tempo and balanced kind of force, balanced, you know degree of hardness as you would with maybe like a seven iron obviously there's gonna be more swing speed than a seven iron because of the physics but you get what i mean yeah this is something i need to work on so much you know what i was thinking of doing you know those like super high-rise diving boards and like the olympics yes. you know how i hate heights yes i would just go stand up there with a wedge and just air swing at the edge just over super smooth keep my balance and not fall off that thing oh because my God. i need some type of training what aid. i would do for the video <laughs> of that <laughs> the uh, video Mike. of me climbing up there would be funny yeah because i would be scared the whole way up it was so funny too because you when you were just on with uh, michael breed he asked you what are some of the weirdest places you practice your game yeah and be like yeah on a diving board about yeah, 30 a, feet in the air yeah don't is it everybody michael <laughs> <laughs> why um, didn't i have that one right yeah exactly so if, like i said if you do it just record it of course um another thing you can do is is Again, we always talk about focusing on fundamentals. One fundamental is making sure that ball is positioned in your stance properly. And um, we've said this before. There are so many variables in golf um, between, like I said, weather variables, land variables, all those types of things. There's so many variables that it can lead to inconsistency. Obviously, variables lead to inconsistency. So if you can remove some of those variables there's the word, there that is. you have control over, why not? So if you're finding that you're kind of haphazardly positioning that ball in your stance, and it's it's in a way it's kind of moving around, that's a variable that you can eliminate by being more specific with where you place the ball. You can use reference points of like inside heel, you know, different ways that you can do it. But 
one thing that seems kind of common uh, with a lot of golfers is that they tend to have that ball in the three wood stance a little bit too far forward. Mm. Uh, and the result of that is that, you know, you end up kind of sometimes hitting behind it and that can kind of throw your balance off. So we're not talking about a dramatic change. It might be like, you know, one ball rotation or whatever, but try moving it back just a little bit. And we'll include in the show notes as we always do. Uh, some of the visual content so you can take a look but we've got in the article on golf history there's a great slow motion I just keep swing. watching it over and over yeah again. adam scott and who has one of obviously the uh the purest swings ever on the pga tour just fundamentally so sound and you see that he's got that ball for his three wood positioned pretty close to the middle of his stance pretty close to the middle 300 yard three wood in 1200 12,000 frames per second slow-mo it's like you you don't get much this. more crisp contact than he made no, there. The way he strikes that ball, it's just right at the absolute bottom of his swing. He's he takes all that power that he's generated from his turn, and he just be able to apply that all to oh, the look ball. Where his head is at impact. Boom! It stays there. Right. Unbelievable. And and it's just it's an incredible view of it. But you take a look at that, Mike, and then you wonder like if you were playing that, would would the ball be a little bit more forward than where he has it? It might be. Yeah, it might I think be. for me, it, yep. it's been. It's been, and that's something yeah, I need to normal. take a look at. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm just so used to putting that that ball a little bit, you know, not quite inside left heel like a driver, but like just right about there. And I, I'm going to experiment with moving it back a little bit and see if that does something yeah, for same. me. Yeah, same. Yeah. I mean, after seeing that shot. I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Come on. I mean, what I wouldn't do to swing like Adam know, Scott just once. Mm -hmm. um, and then another thing you can do is, is consider choking down on the club. And this is where... Um, you can immediately kind of put into effect and try what's worked for me was shortening the club physically a little bit with a shorter shaft. But before you go, and I'm not saying that, again, fittings are so individualized. It's not one thing is right for everybody. Before you go and chop your, your shaft down, one thing you can do is you can just simulate that by just choking down a bit and see if it results in, in a cleaner strike. And yes, choking down, you're always going to lose a little bit more speed. But I think what you might be shocked with is the translation to how much distance is lost might not be nearly what you're thinking. So by choking down, let's say a half inch, an inch, maybe you lose a couple mile an hour, three, four mile an hour swing speed. But I think what you'll end up doing is making up for that loss in swing speed with crisper contact, which will probably lead to a very similar distance. So if the fear that you're having of just choking down a bit is that you're going to end up having, you know, a lot of lost distance, experiment with it. I think what you might see is, is a negligible amount of lost dis distance. If in effect, you're getting a cleaner strike out of it. Yeah, it's certainly the easiest way to see if you need to shorten your clubs. You yeah. Know? I mean, right? I mean, I've, I've choked down on clubs before because I do like that hybrid uh, length in my three wood. Right. You know, even though Kevin's, you know, he didn't say chop it down. It's just, how do you feel about it? And I like to just choke down a little bit. It makes it feel a little bit smaller. You know, and so. ultimately it will help you with the balance. It'll yeah. help you mm -hmm. with the balance because if you think about it, uh, if you were to, again, go to the extreme and, and f picture yourself holding a 10-foot pole in your hands and swinging it and think about how hard it is to maintain balance with that, that weight that's extending so far away from your body. Obviously, these are minute differences in just a couple, an inch or two inches, but it's still a difference that your body has to adjust to. And as that weight gets further and further from you, the more off balance you can tend to be come from it, especially the harder you swing. So by just shortening it up a little bit, not swinging 
quite as hard. What you may find is that you're you're able to stay more in balance, and now you're putting all these pieces of the pie together. Yeah, for sure. Right, mm-hmm. and if that balance point, that center, the bottom point of your swing arc is kind of more towards the middle, back a little bit, that also puts that that ball into play. Um, but I think the kind of the last thing that we want to address here is, and it's an important thing, is that. J- just because you have the club in your back doesn't mean it's always going to be the right club at X distance. Right. So for example, if you say that's my 250 club, if you're 250 out, you just pull it. Uh, that's something that is something as you progress and learn the game more and more, you realize that you really need to adapt what club you hit to the lie. The lie becomes so important. And when we see the PGA tour week over week, you hear these guys talk about it. You hear them talking with their caddies. You see how much of the decision-making goes into the lie. So not every lie, even in the fairway, we're talking about hitting from the fairway. Not every lie is created equal. And there's going to be some times when you're just going to have to pass on that three wood and hit a slightly shorter club. One big one is if that ball is sitting down too bit too much. There's Sometimes you have like a depression in the fairway. Uh, you might have it where we've played some very uneven fairways where the ball is significantly below your feet. And what's going to happen is it's going to be hard to get that sweet spot on the club with the ball kind of sitting down like that. So in that way, Yes, maybe be able to get away with the three wood. It might come out low, run towards the target. Um, but just think again, risk reward here. What's the difference? Does it does it benefit me to, to hit lesser club here? Well, we proved it, right? We went back and did aggressive versus conservative. Yeah. We uh we played a par five six times, three ways going for it, three ways laying up. And with the going for it, um, it was driver three wood. And almost every single time we went for it, we scored better. Yeah. But we were fortunate enough to have a lot of flat lies that we could put it on, uh, you know, a three wood. Uh, That's where, like I said, if you were in a spot where you just feel like, if you feel hesitating, like I can't get a good three wood swing on this. Oh, of course. I would never take it out. I'll get, yeah, absolutely. That's where you take your lumps and hit like a 150 yard shot, whatever. One of my favorite things, one of my favorite authors, uh, Dr. Joseph Parent, Zen Golf, he has what he calls an anyway. And anyway is any time you know somewhere in your gut that it's you're not making the right decision but you do it anyway mm-hmm. right it could be that you tee the ball you stand over it you realize it's not quite your your preferred tee height and you feel a little bit uncomfortable but you don't really feel like re-teeing it so you hit it anyway same type of thing might be you get a feel you stand over a ball you just don't feel balanced you just don't feel comfortable but you want to move that ball a long way and you're just like you're sitting there and be like i'm gonna hit three wood anyway yeah those are ultimately often result in something that you something don't want. Bad. I, had, bad. I had an anyway when I ordered my breakfast this morning. Oh, yeah? I knew it was wrong, but I got it anyway. <laughs> it's one of those drive through I actually had just... an anyway breakfast too yeah, today. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Sometimes you got it. Uh, today was the first day in as long as I can remember, because I rarely do this. I slept through my alarm. That's unlike you. Yeah. Yeah. I was just lucky. I was wearing my Apple watch and uh, it like tapped me and it's saying like, it's time to stand up. <laughs> I I was awake. And I was like, what? What is it? And then I just ran out of the house. There you go. Uh, all right. So that's a big one. And then, of course, sitting down. Another one would be anytime that ball is on a severe slope. That slope could be in any direction. It could be downhill, side hill. Anything like that is going to be harder, obviously, to hit a three wood. You can adjust as you would with any club, with your posture, with gripping down on the ball, whatever it may be, gripping down down on the club. But again, it's sometimes 
in a lot of ways, it outweighs the benefits at that point of hitting the three wood. If a ball is so high above your feet that you've got to grip all the way to the bottom of the grip to hit the three wood, to me, why even hit the three wood at that point? Right. I'm going to hit a five iron, a, short, a naturally shorter club that I don't have to grip, you know, go down on it as far on the grip. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it's look, the reality is if you face the reality that a three wood, it can be a difficult club to hit. Why try to hit in a scenario where it would be difficult to hit any club? You know, no, not all highs are created equal. Oh, absolutely. Do you have a moment like uh, you could say like it was my, my best three wood shot that you could think I, I'll, let, I'll give you a second to think. I'll give you mine. Remember with Brad Worthington, that par five where I hit the three wood out of the fairway and wrapped it around and got it right up to the front of the green. Yeah. And I actually posted it. It sounded like a cannon going off and it just yes. all the way around. Oh, I can't forget that shot because I remember I, I was filming it from you, high up on the hill and just the why I could see that trajectory. It, it was, was so cool. It was, and it's so great when you hit a shot like that. And then on the, on the flip side of that, West Lanks, when I use my three wood to fight the wind on a 160 yard par three and I yeah. put it to like seven feet. <laughs> yes, yes. West Lanks is one of the only places I remember us all hitting driver off the deck, too. Yes. Because some places it just makes sense. It's so just windy, and it was such a long, straight fairway. We're all like, they'll just hit Let's driver just, and right. you know, let it keep it really low. But uh, for me, I mean, I think we both hit terrific three woods off the tee on 18 at... Um, at Walk Hill, because I remember we did a one-hole challenge That's there. That's right, We yeah. both hit pretty good three. But there, too, if I go back and I think about some of my best three-wood shots with my old three-wood, they're going to be off the tee because that was how I was able to I could get the ball up in the air a little bit more. Right. Now I've, I've readjusted and refit that club to hit it from the fairway more. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, you know, every once in a while, I would, I would strike a clean and pure. You'd be oftentimes low, but there was one, I don't remember the course, but it was years ago. I, I hit my, my probably my furthest three-wood. It was like probably... 275, which is good for me. Mm -hmm. Low ran it up to the green, and I, and I was just just off the green for an eagle chip. Uh, didn't yeah. chip it in, but you you know what I mean. Like there's there's times oh, that oh I know where you were, Rivervale. That could be it. It was Rivervale. It you had the eagle putt. You just missed it. Just missed off the that back of the green. Yes, yes, yeah, back yeah. of the green. This guy's memory is too good. Rain man, too good. Yep. Um. So you know, look. No matter what it is, you know, if if you needed to reach a par four green. Uh, for your second shot or if you're going for a par five and two, three wood, it really can be a big ally. And uh, ultimately, I remember um, Jen, who you guys may have seen, if you watch the Scotland series, Jen, who works at ShotScope, she played with us. She is a terrific golfer. I mean, she beat us up all week. Uh, but she was looking over my ShotScope stats at one point to try to help me out. And she's like, Frank, this three wood is a big hole. You got you got to learn to hit this and hit it better. And that's the reality. If you learn to hit the club, it can be a big ally. We always say there's 14 clubs in your bag. That should be 14 tools that you know how to use. If mm -hmm. you don't, it's underutilized. So try these techniques, practice with it. But another thing, like I said, practice, practice, practice with it. Think about this. Give yourself an honest look at your last couple of range sessions. How often did you really pull out the three wood at the range? Right. You know, and if you if the answer is very little, then you really have to say, I, I can't fault myself for, for not hitting it well. Yeah. I think that's why people don't take it out at the range. Because they don't hit it well? Yeah. Yeah, you know, not to make a joke out of it. It is. It is kind of true, and it's true. But but what does it do? It just it, it digs your hole deeper and 100%. deeper because you, you don't should. you don't hit it well, so you don't hit it, and right. you don't hit it. You know you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. But here's the evidence of it. I went back and we were editing some videos, and I realized the round we played right after we played, um, right after our our driver fitting, mm -hmm. I hit more fairways with my driver 
that round than I have in a very long time. And then I realized as part of the driver fitting, I had to go through something like 50 driver swings. Yep. And it, it, that was a fitting, yes. But think about if that was a concentrated practice session where I went and just worked on that club and I immediately saw results because I got, got the familiarity. I put the time in with it. You know, same type of thing. I w- can almost guarantee that if I had the discipline to go to the range and do a three wood session, I'm going to be more comfortable than to hit the three wood. And an example too is the hybrid. When I first put the hybrid in my bag, didn't want to hit it, had no confidence in it. But then I, I put some work in, some practice work in, and now it's causing me to hit it more and more. And as I hit it more, the more I hit it, the better I play with right. it. Think about it. Why do you think you hit your seven iron so well? It's because you practice with it. You warm up with it. You're mm-hmm. so familiar and so comfortable with it. So if you want the, the three wood to become that club, you have to spend some time with it. Go on a couple three-wood dates. Go on some three-wood dates. You know? Yeah. Take her out to dinner. Romance you know? that three-wood. Right. And then you'll see. And then you'll see. It'll work. Anyway. Golf that, dating advice. Golf dating. <laughs> <laughs> the, we are the match.com of golf. <laughs> anyway, that is everything we have for you guys this week. You can get to the show notes by going to golfissy.com slash episode 359, which I encourage you to do so. There's a great article on golfissy, which we will link to, which is where a lot of the points that we talked about here <clears throat> came from. Talking about how to hit your three wood cleanly. And in there, you'll see some of those video assets. Like, again, you got to take a look at Adam Scott's swing there. I think it's such a, a great example of, of a good, balanced swing. Mm-hmm. So give that a look. Again, that's episode 359. Or as always, you can get it in the Golficity app for Android and iOS, which is free to download. I encourage you guys to check it out. Um, put a lot of love into it. And uh, it, it's always working on getting better. So again, that's everything we have for you guys this week. Thanks as always for tuning in and we'll see you again next week.